I'm JD. I'm playing the headless. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing the big head. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing rusted shirt. And this is ChimeraCast. Typically, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. But for tonight, we're going to bring you another one of those lovely seasides, a Halloween edition. Tonight, we're playing The Skeletons, a game by Jason Morningstar. This is a game about playing skeletons defending a tomb. It's a very freeform game, and it's a, kind of a meditative game. First thing that we're going to do, though, is design our tomb. Or do you guys want to talk about the details on your skeletons? I guess the, I guess that first. That All right. sense to me. So yeah, Dan, let's do it. Why don't, why don't you start with your big head skeleton? As I mentioned there, I'm playing the big head. So per the instructions, a narrow band of tarnished silver encircles your bulbous skull. Around your neck, an amulet bearing a strange symbol of forgotten meaning. So I have a small, thin, silver band about which there isn't much to say, but the bone has begun to grow around it, as though it were placed over my head when I was an infant. And the amulet bears a leaf cast in bright bronze and gold, and it is still somewhat shiny. Sweet. So rusted shirt, I got a rusty coat of mail that hangs off my bones. I also carry a bent spear. One ravishing detail about my beautiful rusty coat of mail is that it's got a hole in the back where the heart would be, as if somebody, maybe, attacked me from behind and killed me. Who knows? It's a mystery. Only time will tell. That pun was 100% intended. And then, yeah, I got a bent spear. Looks well used. Definitely did some poking in its time. (laughs) Now, JD, what do you got? Yeah, I am playing headless. I don't have a head, but it doesn't matter. I carry an iron mace and a holy symbol. I also maybe have some tattered clothing, maybe a tattered like tunic that goes from a light blue down at just above my knees up to a darker blue at the top of my shoulders. My iron mace that I have, uh, obviously, and then the holy symbol is a, it's like a fine silver chain that dangles down and is wrapped around a glowing crystal, which is said to be a fragment of the sun. That's headless. That's me. You guys all had a lot more stuff than me. Not really. Same number. Two? Two. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has yeah. two things. I just gave myself kind of some clothing. Yeah, I think that's cheating. That's another. Uh, you're taking mechanics away from the tattered cloak. Yeah. Well, well, oh, you're right. I I'm, guess I guess I am. Oh, I'm joking. Who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to start this off, we now need to design our tomb. JD, uh, yeah. I believe there's some leading questions that help us design this thing. So first off, just for the listener at home, we have at least generally a north, a south, a west, and an east from which to approach this tomb. Other details are fuzzy at best, but we're going to try our best to fill them in. And the way that we can start to begin this process is with the question that we answer. JD, what was your question? What's your answer? Uh, Fill in some details on this tomb for us. Yeah. My question is, what scene is depicted in the fresco that covers the eastern wall? So my answer to this is the the fresco depicts the conquest of Nostravalis in the realm of eternal twilight to free Zoth, demigod of the sun. Yeah. My question is, what offerings were left to assist in the journey to the next world? So I decided to go with a boat. There is a deconstructed boat, so the body, the body of, the, of a small, it's very small, as well as the mast laid out next to it and folded neatly along the side is the sail. Hmm, I like that. Hell yeah. And last, me. I have what magnificent and imposing object dominates the western wall of the tomb? And I have decided to have the petrified wings of the long-dead moth king of Tal Kunar. What covers what would normally be the entrance are these just petrified moth wings hanging down from the ceiling, creating a really hard way for someone to progress forward through them as they are thick and sheen. Sweet. Yeah. And that's all of the prep before actually playing the game. When you have skeletons in a map, turn out the lights and take a moment to breathe. Feel the silence. Imagine the weight of countless years.
Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. An intruder is breaking into the tomb. Hell yeah. Do you want to roll for the intruder? Yeah. Yeah, do it. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. An amateur tomb robber has entered the room. I think that they're quiet and hunched over as they move first one of the great petrified wings of Tal Kunar. Little bits of him flaking away and drifting off into the tomb, landing upon the bodies of the headless one and the rusted shirt. As the first inklings of life spring to whatever allows you to see, you see the tattered rags of our tomb crawler, carrying with them only a spade and a crowbar, and uh, holding their torch aloft, they begin making their way slowly toward the sarcophagus. Oh, yes. Finally, a payday for Ezio. As our short, rat-faced companion who's seen better days <laughs> begins wiggling his fingers and moving toward the sarcophagus. Headless, you're the nearest to him. What do you do? Oh, I didn't, uh, I kind of just moved forward with this. I always thought it was like, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Pretty much the game is open-ended. Like, any of us can take control if you have an idea. Just go for it. We're all comfortable with each other to do that. So yeah. yeah. I allow the intruder to pass me by, staying motionless, slumped in the corner. He perhaps gives me a, a quick look and assumes I am some failed robber come before him who has been beheaded. Oh, it seems you have seen better days, my friend. I am sorry. But another day for Ezio. But as he passes by, I slowly gather myself up and begin walking behind him. Headless, how does this robber appear? Does he appear confident, suave, ready to take whatever he can? Or does he seem skittish, unprepared, frightened? He is confident, but unprepared. Mm, a split of the two. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So Ezio walks confidently toward the far fresco. Seeing the, the, the tiny boat on the floor. Oh, what is this? What am I going to do with a sail and a boat? He pushes them a little farther down the way. Headless just walking past you, Rusted Shirt. Rusted Shirt looks up to see Headless sneaking. I think that you hear a voice. The skeletons can communicate oh, yeah, telepathically. Can... And so I think it says, um, To arms, brother. Your spear is needed. And Rusted Shirt immediately begins to try and lift himself. And you hear the crumbling of the rocks that had been sitting on top of his belly, holding him in place, begin to fall away and crack as they hit the stone floor, drawing the attention of our would-be robber. Who's there? I think in the, in the darkness, Ezio would be able to see the glow of my holy symbol, this, this star stone that glints and reflects off the corner of his eye, glints off of a, a, a piece that looks like it could be silver or gold. Oh, 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 perhaps this is not all just a waste, not all nautical vehicles sitting in the desert. As he begins making his way toward the headless, the room only partially illuminated by his pathetic torch, as the rest of your body comes into view, Headless, and Ezio's face turns from conniving to confused to frightened. Headless is going to step forward, flanked by his friend wearing the, the rusted mail, and I feel like Ezio backs up from us in horror as we slowly, clatteringly approach. No! 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 I telepathically speak to you. Headless, should I frighten him? Perhaps if you do, it will leave us to our peace. And you see the jaw wrench wide on this the skeleton head of rusted shirt. As he screams out an unholy scream that pierces the ears of Ezio. Ah! And and begins running toward the uh, back toward the exit, but hits his hip on the sarcophagus, not realizing the layout of the room, and he goes down hard and begins just crawling toward the exit as best he can. 
sitting in front of that sarcophagus, perhaps on the couple of stairs leading up to its raised dais, is our large-headed friend. Big head, as Ezio crawls past you through the dust that has settled on the stones of the tomb, what do you do? You always make so much noise. (laughs) Why not just be done with it? As Big head rolls lethargically off the sarcophagus's dais, and his large head and silver band collide with the back of Ezio's head, slamming him down into the rocks below. Mm. (sighs) Headless one, you're nearly upon him. Show us how you kill him. Yeah. Headless one comes over as he he is crawling away, moving with some speed at this point, actually. Not today. And then... Not today. Brings his iron mace up, which is an ornately carved mace which is the symbol of his station and brings it smashing down against him once but it isn't enough as he bleeds from a cracked skull blood is pouring across the stairs of the sarcophagus and he is a few feet away from the moth wings that guard the entrance and there's another raise up of the mace and it comes down again and then there's silence once more in the tomb so it says we all should answer one question As the last remnants of life remove themselves from Ezio's twitching body. As the killer, headless one, answer, I figure we'll go in order around the table and then we'll come back to you and you'll answer the second one. Do you have one of your questions you wish to address? And I think we can do it in scene before before we return to our our stations about the room. Mm. As headless looks down at the crushed skull of Ezio now on the ground blood still leaking out he thinks on his own head Uh, so i will answer who claimed your head and why and it was the high priestess of my order who before i was put down in this tomb as a protector my head was claimed in a ritual to allow the gods to speak through my head so i was chosen to be the voice of the gods but unfortunately part of that ritual involves it being detached from your body And I remember having my own cleanly removed from my body. I remember that feeling and the brief seconds of life that I was still aware of and conscious of as my head was pulled away from my corpse that was laying on the table. Sweet. Still laying on Ezio's back, Big Head begins rifling through his pockets and finds nothing. Destitute and desperate, Ezio had little to offer. But shining on his left hand, there's a ring with a huge ruby set in it. And now the answer to the question, what trophies have you collected from the intruders? Choose from those already introduced if you are able. Note the answer on your map. And I will rip off Ezio's finger mm. and move slowly back toward the sarcophagus. And I stand, rusted shirt, overwatch of this intruder's dead body as pools of blood leak from his wounds. And the pool slowly scatters out from his body until, like a Rorschach test, rusted shirt sees within the spreading out of the blood what looks like wings. But not bird wings, but rounded soft wings. It reminds him of the soft scent of the sea and his once lover, Lucia, the juniper butterfly, and all of her great mysterious tellings. And I'll answer the question, whom did I once love? And now we choose once from either Glory Fades or God's Laugh. You're just going to roll it? Yes. I just like like rolling. I love rolling. Even Glory Fades, odd God's Laugh? Like it? Yeah. That's a odd, so God's laugh. And a six. The magic animating one of the skeletons. Oh, no. But not its compulsion to service. Oh, no. Begins to fade. Oh, you didn't choose. You, have, you get to answer a second question. It says I may one. answer if a second you, question. I don't, may, I don't want yeah. to because I feel like my origin story of how I became headless is more important. Sounds great. Okay. So, JD's one through two. I'm three through four. Cool. Zach is five through six. Let's see whose magic is beginning to fade. That's a four. As he rips the ring off the finger of Ezio, the ruby glints for a moment. And some of the bones 
connecting Big Head begin to slack. Some of Big Head's ribs clang against the floor. I lose pieces of my toes. Teeth fall out of my skull. But yet I continue to serve. How long is it before the tomb is opened again? Let's roll on time passes. Two. A day. Turn off the lights and sit in silence for five seconds. The lights go down. Arise and protect the tomb, guardians. What's our intruder? A spirit of place disturbed by the newly built tomb. Ooh. The fresh blood of Ezio over the last night has seeped into the stone. And this fresh infusion of life force draws forth a spirit of this deep, dark earth. At first, Ezio's body, which had lain still, twitches a few times. And then it pulls itself up, not that unlike ourselves. And it sits up and pulls itself strangely and awkwardly, unused to such a restricted form of that of a a material body. And it pulls itself up and walks towards the sarcophagus, lashing out to strike at the construction that has disturbed its earthen slumber. This would first put it past you, Big Head. Big Head is curious at first. To their companions, they ask, What could cause it to move like us? As Big Head begins rolling like a top toward the jittering body of Ezio. This is not the holy protection that has been cast upon us. This body is now a vessel for something else within it. We must drive it out. Big Head comes upon Ezio rolling on their side, and then begins scratching at the tendons and leg of Ezio, thinking that perhaps it's still bound by the same rules the body had before. And now no pressure keeping it in, the blood just slumps out. The tendon pops off the knee, but Ezio continues to scratch and claw at the sides of the sarcophagus, breaking at his fingernails, retching his hands raw, fumbling at the crowbar, but unable to hold it. Rusted Shirt, it's up to you now. Rusted Shirt, seeing the non-human means with which this thing wants to get at the sarcophagus is reminded of being a child and collecting things, and in such pins one of Ezio's wings to the ground with his spear so that it does not fly anymore, breaking right at the elbow as the spear pushes through and stamps into the ground, and then getting on his backside and coming at his throat, rusted shirt begins to attempt to take the last vestige of humanity from this creature by removing its head from its neck. But this struggle is great, and he requires assistance, for this beast does not know when to quit. Headless, how can you help in this great endeavor? As Rusted Shirt struggles to tear this body apart, suddenly dangling in front of this face is the shining sunstar within its silver-chained confines. And as Rusted Shirt struggles, you hear the echoing, trance-like prayer spell that Headless is emanating, and he clutches the starstone in his hand and shoves it into the hole that had been broken open in the side of Ezio's skull. As he shoves it in, I think, Rusted Shirt, you manage to pull it from the neck and shoulders And as you do so, it turns to dust, and the spirit is gone. And I retrieve the glowing stone that seems brighter now from the ashes. And again, Headless, you have claimed a victory. Do you have a question to answer? I like what connection do you have to those you've just killed or driven away? What memory did they evoke? Yeah. I remember driving out the spirits of the world when our people conquered the land and claimed it and built a temple we had to drive out the primal spirits 
and it is a minor version of that ritual that I've used to cleanse this place of spirits. I was able to do so because I could recognize this spirit. I knew its name and could chant it and draw it away. Would either of you like to answer a question? I would not yet. I don't like any of my questions yet. What is your name? My name is Khan. In a click chamber in my own head, when I pull off someone else's, someone's screaming out my name. Their screams for my mercy met with the silence of their death. Glory fades or God's laugh? Even on, glory fades, God's laugh. Yep. God's laugh again. A skeleton's weapon is broken, bent, or rendered useless. What will they do? Note it on your character sheet. JD, 1, 2, 3, 4 for Nathan, 5, 6 for me. Headless, you have been chosen. After glowing brighter briefly, the sunstone fades and becomes once again nothing more than a diamond. Its magic has been sapped out. Do you want to roll the time passes? A week passes. Turn off the lights and sit in silence for 10 seconds. Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. So now we're in the time of dust. Yes, we've moved on to the next phase. I'm going to roll for these intruders. Let's do it. A family seeking shelter. Are they refugees? Are they monsters? You hear the familiar scuttling of fate making their way through and dancing around the outer chamber's locks. Well, I don't know how to get in. It it seems a confounded thing. Can we don't have the time. Bring the candle up here, boy, and don't talk back to me. I am your grandfather. Fine. Do you uh, get it? You see, it's a, a symbolization, a symbology. It's a... <sighs> you hear the clicking, the opening of the door. The contraption beginning to give way. Papa, what did you do? I made the moon rise in the southern hemisphere. Come on now, come, come. We must hide in here. Hopefully there'll be only dust that will be pursuing us. Let me go. I have the candle. Move, move. Go, go. What are you waiting for? Go in the door, young one. All right. And stop bothering your sister, you old bag. Get in... What? What have you stopped for? There's people. And blood. He's right, Papa. There's a body up here. There's... And some skeletons? I guess there... Is there a body still, or Ezio, is Ezio dust? His head turned to dust, His, right? head, His turned. head turned to dust. I think there's still a body. Okay. I feel like rusted shirt. You'd be the first one, because you were kind of standing there, leaning on your spear after stabbing it through, right? Rusted shirt, holding on to his spear, surveys the situation. There are one of them for each of us. I am trying not to move. It seems they're trying not to move. I will wait for the last one to come through, and then I will stab him in the back. All right, all right. Let let me see exactly what's going on here. A small candle comes up. As the old man investigates the body. This isn't... (laughs) The dust of Ezio's head goes... (laughs) All around. The candle as well. And we are left in complete darkness in the tomb. Headless. What do you do in the protection and cover of complete darkness? Headless slips through the wings of the Moth King, slides the tile, and reseals the tomb. What was that? Oh, someone... No one was behind us, and, and... 
The old man begins stumbling in the dark. Relight the candle. I must check the door. I thought I left it open. And he's fumbling about. Big head, there are sparks next to you as someone tries to use flint and tinder to relight this candle, illuminating your silver headband. Big head begins reaching shambly toward the sparks. Their magics barely keeping them together. And their bones wrap around the flint. And only for a second does he see the fright in the young man's eyes. And throughout the room, the first bits of a muffled scream. (laughs) What's happened? Where's the confounded light, child? Mateus! Mateus! Light the light! I think you're right by the one making all the noise, rusted shirt. Well, if you won't, then I will. And you hear another scratching flint. A small light comes up, and the old man raises it to his face. He is surrounded by the wings. And we get a shot of that almost cocoon-like beauty. As the light from within the wings, just beyond them, inside of the tomb, is illuminated. And then the camera goes back to the old man with the fire in front of him. And he looks at the wing and touches it with his hand as a spear pierces the wing itself and goes straight through the eye of the old man. And he is pulled as his head knocks on the side of the wings and he topples to the ground. The candle clattering to the floor, the flame somehow still burning, rolls to the feet of Headless, just barely illuminating the face of the last in the tomb, the young woman. I think that she lets out a scream (laughs) and tries to run past Headless back through the wings into the entrance again which sends Headless scattered across the floor as his bones kind of stumble apart into a bunch of different pieces. But the door to the tomb is sealed, and she didn't understand what her grandfather had done to get them inside. And so while she flustered, tries to figure out the puzzle that would maybe release her, Headless's bones recollect themselves, and he stands back up, illuminated by the dim candlelight. You see the two shadows and a mace raising up, silhouetted on the wall. And it comes down, and she's silent again. The intruder says that if someone slays the matriarch, they may answer too. We had a patriarch instead, but I think that still would be too rusted yeah. shirt if you so choose to answer two questions. So we'll start the round with you, rusted shirt. What by name did you earn in life that describes your greatest accomplishment? They would call me, in the later parts of my life, the Lord of Red Honey. For I had been one who had ended a many years long war with an unanticipated decapitation. Headless, do you have a question you would like to answer? In the candlelight, Headless sees as much as he can see as a skeleton without a head. The face of the young woman that he has just killed. And her dark hair reminds him of Renanette, a priestess he once was in love with, another member of his order. But of course, love between the priesthood was forbidden, and so they could never celebrate in their love. And it was kept hidden in ways even from themselves. That is who I once loved. And in their familial conversations, Big Head remembers how his own mother used to talk to him. Sounding so timid and scared and confused. And he remembers his father, big and loud, calling her Isris, the reluctant object of my unwavering devotion. Rusted shirt, would you like to answer another question? No, not yet. All right, let's roll on the glory fades or God's laugh. So it'll be glory fades. Something the skeletons are protecting is lost, stolen, or simply missing. What was it? Oh, interesting. Is the sarcophagus empty? 
That seems like a huge reveal. That's pretty hot. You mean like it was never in there? The, yeah. The, the body was never in there? Yeah, like Ezio, Ezio managed to claw at the sides of it and move it a little bit. And we saw in the, the last flickering candlelight. Hmm. There was no body, presumably. Or it's gone in any case. Yeah. Huh. There is no skeleton. All right. Time passes. A decade. Sit in silence for one minute. Rise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. I'll roll the intruders. A pair of professional tomb robbers. Ah, yes. This is exactly the place. Just tickle that into its lock and make it sing for me. Well, you don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) <laughs> and you hear a few clackings and clankings. There. It is unsealed. They say this place is cursed <laughs> by the great lord who lives here in perpetuity. I think it's a bunch of bullshit, don't you? If it is as cursed as the last place, I think we'll have no issues. It is true. The devoted are not very strong. (laughs) And see? And he shines a torch forward. These are supposedly the wings of some former god. Nothing more than gossamer dressing on a cute, lovely little crib. As he passes through the sheath of the wings of Talkunar. I grow weary of your stories. Let's just do what we came here to do. You know full well my stories have kept us alive. Now pay attention to what's going on over there. Okay, yeah, it's not me that's kept us alive. And he draws his sword out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at, at the same time, the extended finger of the, the first figure points at Big Head. Looks like we're not the first to attempt this, and he steps over the body of the, of the young woman. The camera shows Big Head now partially disintegrated. The bits of their arms now, now dust and fragmented, their teeth strewn around the floor of the tomb. But yet, when our gallant... Grave robber points still, big head shambles to their feet, rocking a bit as their bulbous cranium pulls them forward, creating that iconic zombie walk. Big head lets out a screech, doing their best to imitate rusted shirt. That's a booby trap. And he he raises up a club. Prepare to defend yourself. And he takes a huge swing at the giant, just moving shamble that is Big Head, attempting to send that Big Head rolling. Big Head, what do you do? Oh, no, it makes full contact and smashes into Big Head's jaw. The magic holding Big Head together, not strong enough, turning it to dust, sending the pathetic skeleton curling and sprawling toward the floor. 
The heap lands near the feet of Big Head at the entrance on the far side of the gossamer wings. Headless picks up the jawless skull of Big Head, sets it upon his shoulders. It was bound to happen. (laughs) (laughs) You and me. And I step forward, swing my iron mace, stained with the blood of Ezio and this unnamed girl, swinging it at this tomb robber. But it is blocked by the sword of the tomb robber's companion. Since this tomb robber is using a short sword, trying to stab in, bounces off of my bones rather than piercing anything that could harm me proving rather ineffective. And as we fight, Headless backs this tomb robber up against Rusted Shirt. Rusted Shirt, seeing his opportunity, as the unsure tomb robber is walking back, back, step back, step back, bumps into Rusted Shirt, sending a jangle of his Rusted Shirt, and with a swiftness known only to the wind and a horse's. Rusted Shirt grabs him around the neck again, like so many before, and begins to choke this would-be hero, this would-be adventurer. As he tries to take all of the air from his body. I have one. And we, the other. Throw me, father. Where? And Big Head, like, swivels around toward... While I'm engaged with this tomb robber, the head is just turning around on my shoulders. Yeah, it's just swiveling and uh, <laughs> there. And as we, as we see our clacking tomb robber, I'll take care of that one. As the body of Big Head comes shambling toward him, his attention entirely on the scuffle near the sarcophagus, and grabs him around the waist, mm. keeping him from either escaping or progressing forward. Scratching and tearing at his clothes and skin. Bits of bone disintegrated, sticking in his flesh. The clacking tomb robber attempts to resist Big Head. I told you! Taking the hilt of his weapon and smashing into Big Head's sternum, trying to break it. The ley lines were removed here. They are weak! Gah! We can splinter these bones and pillage this area. Ah, and he's trying to rip Big Head's ribcage in half. Headless, with his left hand, grabs Big Head off of his shoulders and throws him at the clacking tomb robber. And then I think probably, since he is standing now in front of the one that rusted shirt is choking, just smashes his head, splatters it against the wall. It hits the the fresco, adding fresh blood to scenes of violence, drips down slowly. And the skull of Big Head flies through the air (laughs) as our clacking tomb robber is preoccupied. The spine and sternum of Big Head coming apart in his hands. It is my namesake which strikes him in the back, the back of the head, colliding him face first with the stones of the floor. Big Head then collects himself as best as they can, shambling and shaking, moving toward the now-prone Tomb Robber. Ah! No! Not like this! Not like this! I won't. And he appears to be reaching at the scruff of his neck for something. There's always the one way out of any... And there seems to be a glowing within his shirt that he's, he's attempting to grab at. Big Head, what do you do to stop him from reaching? Big Head shambles and shakes toward the fallen tomb robber and then collapses at the last moment, his oversized and heavy cranium smashing into the tomb robber's head. His teeth and blood go spilling across the floor, mixing with Big Head's, his hands still clasped tightly around the symbol around his neck. And the camera stays for a moment as his hands go slack, and we see the glowing pendant matching and mirror the one around Big Head's neck. What connection do you have to those you've killed or driven away? What memory did they evoke? And so the camera fades for a moment, and we see at birth Big Head crying as a baby, this pendant being placed around his neck. And then in a twin crib... 
a child with a normal-sized head being given the same pendant. And as the camera scrolls back, we see the ritual of each of the two children being raised above their parents' heads as the two families go off to their respective villages. JD, you got anything? A name pops into my head. Nazur. Perhaps because for a second again I sat with a head upon my shoulders. Is that your name? Yes. And again, the other victim, the other tomb robber, who we didn't see because he died pitifully on another broken neck. This was always the greatest calling. To rusted shirt. To con my name. But there was another. One who would meet me at every moment. Who always seemed my better. And in the end, when I was unwilling to sacrifice my own neck, he would again be my better. Nazur, who was willing to go so far in life, where I was willing to take, he was willing to give. Who here among the skeletons was once a great rival of yours in what endeavor? Huh. Nazur, you pleased our gods and our priesthood. I was a great warrior, and I think as were you. But in the end, you were more faithful because you were willing to sacrifice yourself. I like it. I thought that was kind of hot. <laughs> All right. Glory fades. God's laugh. Glory fades again. Four. The place where a skeleton stands watch is covered in debris and impassable. Big head. Fate has chosen you. Oh, so near the entrance, near these gossamer wings of Tal Kunar. As the light of life fades from the tomb robber's eyes, we hear a shaking and a crashing as this part of the room collapses. Stones and wood compiling in the room around what was originally the entrance is now just rubble. On one side, rusted shirt and headless, and on the other side, big head. Time passes. And with this, we will leave the time of dust and enter the desecration. Centuries. Choose once on the world's crumble or time devourer's table and adjust the map as needed. When ready, turn off the lights and sit in silence for three minutes. World's crumble and time devourers. Do one of you guys want to roll it? Time devourers. A crack develops, creating an opening for robbers and other vermin. Where? Adjust the map. Seems like maybe where the part of the tomb has collapsed, up above you. Yeah.
rise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. You gonna roll, Zach? Yeah. For the intruder. A necromancer and some mercenaries. I really like this. Describe them, illustrating how much more interested the necromancer is in you than in treasure. Samna! Samna! Down! You see this crack here. Pry it open. This is what I have been looking for. Samna! What do I pay you for? No! Fine! Fine! No need to hit. Hamna drives a, a chisel into the crack, light showering down into the tomb. There, see? Jump down. All the way down there. Well, I open the crack, you jump in the tomb. Samna looks at his boss. Do I really have to go first? Get down the hole. Hesitantly begins trying to make his way into the crevice. Hamna grabs Samna by the shoulders and just shoves him down in the crack. You're taking your dear sweet time. We got money to make. Ah! Samna falls down, and he he falls kind of awkwardly, because it's a good drop to the floor. <laughs> what what do you guys think? Twenty feet? Sure, sounds about right. You hear his shoulder just. <laughs> ah, God! I. <laughs> it's dark. What do you see? Nothing. It's dark. Throw the lamp. Oh, that's great. A lamp on a rope just falls near Somna. Somna, holding up the lamp shakily in his unhurt arm, begins to gaze around at the the broken trespass. It looks like... It's a painting. Painting of what? What? It's very intricate. I cannot tell for sure. Get down there and help that idiot out. All right, all right, fine. He ties the the other side of the rope that they had the lantern on it to a rock or a tree and rappels down. Yeah, this painting's centuries old, but the, the seal in the room was broken. It can't be worth anything. Bits of an old ship kicking at the, the rotten wood. Perhaps in the center of the room over there. Looks like maybe it was someone was buried here. Yeah, he's right. There's a sarcophagus here, Marcus. Marcus, did you hear that? There's a sarcophagus. All right. Good. Good. I'll be down in a minute. And I think there's a coalescence of the the shadows within the tomb, and Marcus rematerializes there. Help me move this lid off. Come on. Don't just stand there gawking. All right, all right. Hamna, Hamna grabs the, the crowbar from before and begins prying at the, the lid of the sarcophagus. No, oh, that's not good. Somebody broke the seal. Seems years ago. Never mind all that. Come on. We haul the lid of the sarcophagus off and it slams to the ground and a bunch of dust lifts off from the stones. What? No body? Ah, someone beat us to it. Jaws full of fine oils and gold. Grab the treasure and throw it against the wall. (laughs) I think it smashes up against a rusted shirt. Oh, wait a second there. That might be something. Not what I came for, but... And the necromancer walks over to Rusted's shirt and begins examining, even grabs the top of your skull and twists it left and right. Should I try and stab him now? He seems to think I'm just a body. What's happening over there? He- There are three of them. They have desecrated the tomb. It may be too late, but we can still make them pay for what they've done. I do not feel holy myself, do you? Headless. Headless. I do not feel myself headless. What do you mean? We must prevent them from leaving this place. That will still maintain the sanctity of the tomb. There is very little of me left here. You must do my duty for me. Headless. And then I just try and stab the necromancer through the gut with my spear that was just caught up in my hand. He turns to shadow around the blade. Ah! Ha ha! Someone else has magic here to fight. Yeah. I think he pulls out of his pocket a shrew, and he crushes it in his hand. <laughs> uh, and as he does so, rusted shirt, you feel another power grasp onto you as he attempts to wrestle away the original magics that animated you. Hmm. Headless! Headless! 
with my spear in my hand, I attempt to spear at him again and again and again, fruitlessly. Big Head was the one that was supposed to protect us against the arcane magics. I'm only... Uh, and I start shuffling over. I wish that I could help you. I am stuck over here, and there is only my head. You are on your own. No, no, no. And then Headless turns and starts digging through the rubble, probably drawing the attention of the mercenaries. Hey, hey, what do we have here, Sumner? Oh, it looks like a, a monster of some sort. Up to this point, Somna has been a, portrayed as a doughy boy. He's just big, and from his back, he just pulls out this giant cleaver of a weapon. I think we can take care of him, huh? And then he just attempts to cut off the lower right leg of Headless, clean from the skeleton body, with one swift stroke. Oh, I mean, I, he absolutely does, though. So. Headless goes down to one knee. <laughs> Can't say I've ever seen one try to run before. <laughs> but then just bashes Somna's kneecap across with his iron mace. Oh! <laughs> oh, gotcha. As, uh, as, as Hama just kicks it, Headless's rib cage and sends the skeleton sprawling, begins picking up rocks and hucking them. That's what you get for getting close. <laughs> Don't worry, Marcus will fix you up. Are you okay? Oh, my knee is killing me. Headless is going to raise the mace up again to hit Somna in the head. Hamna just jumps out of the way. He takes it. <laughs> oh, me face! There's blood everywhere. You've broken the top of his nose, and he's just gushing forward. He just, in a blind, bloody rage, grabs your rib cage, sinks his head in under your shoulder, and then tries to throw you over top of him. Yeah, the rib cage and single arm of Headless, which are still attached to each other, go flying backward and scattering across the floor. <sighs> what are you two idiots doing? And Marcus turns around, turns away from Mustard Shirt, giving up on fighting that magic for a minute. Don't destroy the skeletons! They're trying to kill us! <sighs> Hamna, would you like to split the treasure less ways? Hamna picks up a rock from the, the floor and just bashes Somna's head in. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Out of shrews. He pulls a shrew out and crushes it again and pulls Headless back together. <laughs> oh, it looks like all sweet 1960s where they just play it backwards. Oh, this is all animated by Harryhausen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the skeleton was trying to get through all this rubble, boss. You, you, you think something might be on the other side? Mm, let's set them to digging. And at least Headless is going to start digging back through the rubble again, re-pulled together, as it were, by this necromancer's magic. Headless! Headless! Where once you could feel the presence of your fellow skeleton, now you do not. Are you there, Headless? I can hear some noise on the other side. Can you hear me? I remembered before. I didn't know if you remembered. But you're my father, Headless. I don't know if that's why you ended up here or if that's why I ended up here. I remember you at all of the rituals in my birth, holding me aloft and handing me to the tribal chieftain. Scritch, 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 scritch. Maybe I can do something, father. As Big Head rolls now again just ahead toward the body of the tomb raider, his disintegrated and skeletal hand still clutching that pendant which matches Big Head's. And when Big Head touches it, the two of them start to glow. And like magnets, they spring together, sending a shockwave out, blowing back much of the rubble, sending Headless flying, collapsing debris upon Hamna, pinning one of his arms to the floor. And Big Head now, the two pendants circling his head, is floating five feet off the ground. What delightful magics is this? Could you not distract him, rusted shirt? Headless! And I just start stabbing wherewithal. Nothing. No target. Just into the darkness. And you hear this weak screech that seems more like a kick dog. (laughs) 
as Rusted Shirt tries to swing at this necromancer, his body almost leaving itself. Yes, this pulls Marcus's attention away and towards Rusted Shirt as he has to focus his magics to deflect these spear strikes. And so Headless is not being controlled any longer by Marcus as his body begins to reassemble near the, the pinned body of Hamna. Ah, boss, here's some weird shit going on over here. And Big Head, with the two, the two pendants spinning around him, begins moving toward Headless, and the two can join into one solidified body. They're still here. I was gone again. I'm glad you're back. We have work to do. Headless grabs part of the wall of the entrance where it is crumbling and pulls down on it, which pulls the ceiling down onto Hamna, crushing him beneath it. Uh, bot, 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 bot. And then Headless begins walking over toward the necromancer who is still dealing with Rusted Shirt. He turns, seeing the glow of the magic of Big Head, giving Rusted Shirt his chance. Rusted Shirt attempts to strike true. Headless! And he chucks the spear right at the necromancer, finally letting go of it. But he hasn't thrown a spear in a long, long time. And this one is a little bent. It flies to the side of the necromancer. Oh! Rusted Shirt's shoulders just slump into the ground. Fuck! And the necromancer, cackling, turns to Big Head and Headless, this monstrosity, and begins to wrap his ensorcelled magics, crushing what, J.D., in his palm? It is the skull of a child. Hmm. And the pendants around Headless and Big Head's body begin slowing in their rotations, their magic fading. My son, this is what you were born for. You must save us. We must prevent this foul magic. It is an abomination. Do it! And as the, the skull of Big Head begins disintegrating, Headless grabs him by the back of the skull and pushes him toward the necromancer, the glow of the pendants becoming brighter and brighter as Marcus screams and they collide, and creating a tornado as the two magics begin circling one another. Big Head now fully dust, and Marcus fully shadow. And the first thing swept up is the boat, then the sarcophagus, the rubble of the room, the wings of the Moth King, and finally the fresco, as a magical chasm opens. And with it... Oh shit, what comes out? It was, uh, who was supposed to be inside of the coffin? Who I was thinking was, uh, Renan it? The priestess that I loved? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So she eventually became the high priestess, yep. took my head, and then yeah, she good. became like the god queen. Yeah. Love that's it. Pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is good. That is good. And from this magical chasm, gripping at the sides of reality, crawls the rightful owner of the sarcophagus, high priestess, god priestess, Renanet, birthed anew to rule her land again. Hell yeah. We still should answer none, one, or two questions. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely answering uh, whose bones rest within the Great Sarcophagus. It was Renanette, but yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Big head, what do you got? Who here among the skeletons feared you most in life? And that's headless. Hmm. I was your albatross. You were also the key to whatever just happened. Yep. And as a father, that's fucked. I was afraid of the fact that I knew that this is eventually what would happen and that yeah. you were taken as a child because I'm also going to say what thing in this place did you lovingly craft with your own hands and in a way yeah big head love it
landing upon our sarcophagus. Upon the faces of the... Well, the faces. Yeah, that's, that's facist. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> upon the bodies of the headless one 